Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. Capella University's game-changing FlexPath format helps you learn at your own pace and fit earning a degree into your life. From before you enroll to after you graduate, you'll be supported by people who are invested in your success so you can pursue your goals knowing that help is available if you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes. The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. This isn't your average business podcast, and he's not your average host. This is the James Altucher Show on the Stansberry Radio Network. So, Aaron, I'm, I'm, I've quit doing intros because everyone knows. <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to do it this time. Just I was going to see if you were going to. This is the James Altucher Show with James Altucher. <laughs> <laughs> now, you just did it, but okay, that's fine. So, so. I wanted to kind of explain to you um, what I did here. This is so. This podcast is going to be with Jim Kramer, who's been a friend of mine for about twelve years. And um, the, the this actually the, this interview, or, or it's actually a set of interviews. I'll explain why in a second. This didn't occur um, for the podcast. What happened was his book, uh, Jim Kramer's Get Rich Carefully, was coming out at the end of December. And so the street dot com, which he's which he started, uh, gave me a call. The CEO actually gave me a call and said, hey, uh, Jim would love it if you can come down here and do uh, a bunch of videos. They originally they wanted to do 10 videos, like one per chapter um, and interview him about each chapter. And so I, I said, I can't do 10. That's a lot of work. But uh, uh, we went down there and I ended up doing, I think, four or five. We stitched the audio together to make this podcast, I wanted to do that because they actually were really fun interviews. Like Jim and I used to do videos every single day together back in 2006, 2007, 2008. And I, you know, would always give them, you know, write down ideas on the weekends for uh, mad money. And we, we worked together quite a bit. Like he bought a company I started and everything. And, and so I really knew how to not just do the BS interview that maybe a lot of people were doing. And I think he really appreciated it. So I wanted to kind of share that on this podcast. We really sort of dug deep on essentially his book was called Get Rich Carefully. And that's what we not only we talk about that, but we talk about we here's something that's interesting. Jim and I hadn't spoken when we spoke that morning. We hadn't spoken to each other in about four and a half years. So we had emailed occasionally, but we hadn't actually spoken at all. Is that just and from both so of you being uh, getting together? Even that's just from both of you time. being busy, right? It's not like any rift or anything. That's just from no, you guys being no. busy. I think he was upset when I left the street. dot com. I think he didn't want to speak to me at first, but you know, we got over it. Time things things change, and you know, you, you, sometimes you get annoyed at somebody, and then it gets better later. Mm -hmm. So. 
I was, I, and it's, to be honest, I wasn't the the street dot com bought my company stock picker, and they still use the the site, but I wasn't necessarily the best employee. So, um, oh, I know, I've read about your blog posts of hiding in your office and things like that. Yeah, so I think I think Jim had been a little upset at me back then, and um, but we got over it, and you know, so this was our first time getting together, so it was like a, a little bit of a reunion as well. So, so it was a lot of fun. And uh, I hope I hope people like the interview, but uh, but he's a very good guy and, and the book's excellent. Actually, it's probably the, one of the two or three investment books I would recommend. All right. So um, before the interview rolls, because I haven't heard it, what are you hoping the uh, listeners get out of this? What the listeners will get, whether or not they buy the book, and I, and look, I think the book is great. Whether or not they buy the book, I think the listeners will see the real Jim Cramer, not the Mad Money Jim Cramer. And you know that there's two. There there really is a difference because Jim is aware that on Mad Money he's an entertainer mm-hmm. more than he's an investor. But I think legitimately he cares about investing and how other people invest. He doesn't want people to lose any money. And I think when he talks about investing, you're talking to a person who's got like, you know, 35 years experience uh, investing in the big leagues. And uh, I, I, I got a lot out of that. I, I learned from doing the interview with him. OK, cool. I'm looking forward to hearing it then, because I would like to actually get to see who Jim Cramer really is, because the, the mad real money Jim thing, Cramer. it annoy, I got to tell you, the mad money annoys me to no end. So I, I think I think people either love mad money or, or they hate it. Like a lot of fund managers listen to it and a lot really don't. But but the book is great. And, and the real Jim is a, is a good guy, except when he's totally not talking to me. Um but uh, but the interview's a lot of fun. We ha- we both had a lot of fun at it. All right, cool. Let's uh, let's just go right into it then. Jim, this is James Aldacher. I'm taking over I miss your you. show. I'm taking over your it's show for your the first airplane. time in years. And you know why I'm taking over your show? It's because of your new book, Get Rich Carefully. I'm not here to promote it. I'm here to talk about it. Okay, fair enough. One of my favorite books in the finance industry or in any industry ever was your memoir, Confessions of a Street Addict. You wrote that at the bottom of the market in 2002, and I thought, man, this is a classic. This is before I even first wrote to you. It was that book that got me to first write to you, and then I started writing for thestreet.com. And then I want to know what happened. I feel like your literary book voice kind of went down for a couple of books. Then we had the financial crisis. Now this book, this is Confessions of a Street Addict 2013. This is it. This is the Investor's Bible. I'm not even saying this to be nice. Like, I honestly am going to give this to everybody I know who invests in stocks. This is the book. What happened? Why were the other books not as good? Why is this book as good as Confessions? Right, well, I'm being honest. You never think, you Just never being think, honest. You never think your books are bad. Um, this is a book about how I couldn't figure it out. And I was glib. And you can't be glib anymore. When I say can't figure it out, like, the market doesn't work the way it did, Okay. And it just took me a long time to figure out what's really happening. The last book was done uh, coming out, which was really just ideas of how to make money. But I don't want to talk about the other books. The reason why I think you like Get Rich Carefully is it's, it's filled with the, I screwed up. I don't know what I'm doing. Which were the confessions. I counted like, I 13 times where you said you were wrong I can't in this take book. It. Yeah. And I just, like, why did I fight Google? Okay, here's what I didn't see. Why was Amazon good? This is where I went wrong. How did I get rid of an idea that I loved? This is confessions married to real money. Real money was the handbook to, the, what, to my hedge fund. Confessions was like this Confessions of how I didn't get it. Confessions of how I heard. Why now, 2013? Okay. You know, I, at the top as opposed to the my bottom. My publisher's been asking me to write books for you. I said, no, I don't have anything to say. When I have something to say, 
I'm going to call you and I'm going to write a book. And uh, for a year and a half, I worked on this book before I told him I had anything to say because I just myself was trying to figure out how this became too hard. How did it become a, a market where you know, Facebook, it doesn't open right. You flash, the flash crash, I was out there on TV. How did it become that the stocks were Amazon, Google? That's, why did Starbucks get where it did? And I've been searching for someone who's written the book, and I finally said, I got to write it myself, but I also have to do it like I, I didn't understand it. I, I own that. Here's what I should have seen. And it's a confession of what I did wrong and, in order for you to do better. But it's also an education. I want to leave it with that. Like Goldman Sachs, Starbucks, Ford. You go over these stocks <laughs> in such brutal. I went into Goldman and I said, why does a stock go from 9 to 10? And we're like, you want to see a stock go from 9 to 10? And I was like, this is a book about a naive guy who figured it out. Well, it, it was very smart, your analysis of all these companies. I really recommend it. And I, I hardly ever recommend books. This is one of them. Thank you, James. Jim, I'm involved in a lot of different companies. I'm on the boards of both private and public companies. I'm buying this book for all the CEOs and top management of the companies I'm involved with, particularly the public companies, because you have this one section, which I think could stand alone as a book, actually, the Bankable 21, the, the 21 best CEOs, and you give their stories and the stories of their stocks. That, that alone, again, should be a book. What makes a good CEO? How did you pick these CEOs to focus on? All right, first, thank you, and thank you for reading. Thank you for getting through. It's not a short, short book. This is, this is your longest book, book in a while. Is, oh, by far. No, it's my longest book by far. And the I think it's your longest book ever. Oh, by far. Yeah. By far. The bankable CEOs are people, first of all, who had to come on Mad Money multiple times, so I could look them in the eye. That still does matter. It's about coaches. We've always felt that a coach or manager in sports is really important, but we just got to kind of presume it doesn't really matter who runs VF Corp. You bet it does. Does it really matter who runs Boeing? It absolutely does. What I was looking for are people who just say, I don't care about taper. I don't care about Fed. I don't care about Obama. I don't care about what's going on in China. I am about making you money with the team I have. And if that team's not good enough, then I'll find a new team. If I'm not good enough, I will step down. These people all have that level of conviction. When you say you're going to give it to CEOs, that just warms my heart because that's what I wanted. I am sending it to CEOs and saying, do this. Just be these guys. So what's this the, is what they're doing for you. What's the three? They're you give slaves, many qualities. Slaves to the shareholders. You give many qualities of a good CEO. What's three? If I was going to call up a CEO today and say, just do these three things and you'll be better than you are now. What would you say? First, never lose heart. Uh, that's McNerney, Dreamliner. Did you, I asked him, did you ever feel, were, were you ever worried about your money? No. I mean, in other words, have conviction about what you do. Second, treat your employees incredibly well because that's who's going to do the heavy lifting for you. Like them. And then what I like about the Manny Trigos, the Wisemans, when I see these people who have built these franchises or taken them to the next level, they never stop thinking about how to make money for you. By the way, they don't ever do that stuff. It's like if I just keep my head down and I don't care. They care about the stock. They care about it passionately. I like what you they say, though. They care about their stock. They care about the balance sheet, too, you mentioned. Yes, and, and all these guys, they want to fix the balance sheet first, Al Mulally, before they do anything next. But they are about, I mean, these are guys are about profitable growth for all. They want to make money for their workers. They want to make money for their stockholders. They want the customers to do well. They all have that ethos. It's almost like they all got some memo that the rest of us don't have. Um, but their conviction that they need to make their stock go higher by hard work and by really thinking this whether you show batchholder afce popeyes i mean like who cares right does it really matter what popeyes does it's fried chicken 
Oh, my God. She comes into this company that has been a horrendous company. And she just says, all right, here's the pillars of thought. Here's what we're going to do. This is how we're going to make the company better. You who works as a fry cook, you're going to own a fr- you're going to own a store. And you're going to believe in the company. And it's like some of these people who, like, they're fry cooks at Popeye's. And now they own franchises. And they're making $2 million. And that's what she's about, empowering the workers, empowering the people who are customers, and most importantly, getting that stock price up. And she does care. Well, I hope investors, entrepreneurs, CEOs read this just for that section. Thank you. So if I was ever a CEO, I'd want to do these things. Thank you very much. Jim, I hold Q&A sessions on Twitter all the time. And And they're great. Thank you. I'm glad you – I didn't know you looked at them. But every single time I get at least once the exact same question, what book should I read to learn about stocks? And I said – I always say just flush your money down the toilet because there are no books. So, so, and anybody who's going to try to day trade or do this or compete against Stevie Cohen or Warren Buffett, just throw your money away. But, Jim, honestly, I read this book. Everybody should read this book and then make their decision well, about what, how to invest because Jim, this actually is about investing. It's the only book that covers it from sector analysis, economic analysis. It's economic independent, tells you how to maybe swing trade, tells you how to look at CEOs, tells you how to look at fundamentals. You even covered charts, which last time we talked, you hated charts. No, I did. I had so, to change, James. What? I had to go with the times. So, so what should people do? Can people invest in yes, stocks? Yes, absolutely. This is a book about... First of all, there's a hundred, you know, there's many mistakes that I've made that you're not going to make, okay? And those mistakes are all about trying to understand why certain stocks trade where they do. This is a book about why does your stock do what it does? Because you don't know why it does. And I have thought about it. James, this book took forever to write. It ruined two summers. Not one, but two summers. It wrecked relationships. It tore me asunder from staff people. It literally was the love of my life and the hate of my life. Because all I wanted to do was figure out how a stock went from 9 to 10. Yeah. Well, well, you know, your analysis of Goldman Sachs is very important. You bought that, I think you mentioned you bought that around 230. Right. It goes down to 50. <laughs> it was a great analysis, though, that a lot of the uh, a stock's going to do what the sector's going to do. But then you give an interesting analysis. Look at what the sector's doing, then pick out the ETF. good spots. Don't buy the ETF. Pick out the best one with the ETF. But, yes, I mean, here I was, like, just talking to Stephanie Link, who's the co-portfolio manager of Action Alerts. I'm saying, Goldman's better. Goldman's better. What are they? Goldman. Jim, it doesn't matter. It's in an index. Stop it. Stop it. Yes, you can buy Goldman and short the index, and I recommend that. But the whole point is you got to stop fighting why a stock is where it is. Whether it be you're fighting Amazon, whether it's because you're fighting Goldman, stop fighting. Understand what the market is saying. The market's not wrong. You're wrong. I'm wrong. I'm wrong when I say the market's wrong. This is a lot better than my strategy, which is hope and prayer. (laughs) Your strategy has been to make money for people for years and to be playing with it. Look, the fact that you like this book says I did a good book because you are have been true north about trying to help people. True north. Thank you. There's no there's never been a moment where you were anything. And anytime I know you've defended me, you promote me. And I'd like to think that I've been with you. But it's always the same litmus test. Is it helping people make money? If you think this is helping people make money, I wrote a good book. Jim, what I see in this book is, in addition to being almost like Confessions Part 2, which Confessions being one of my favorite books, you to kind of look at the layers of what makes up a stock price. There's like the global economy, there's the sector economy, there's the CEO, there's the fundamentals, there's the chart. But what I want to know in terms of the macro stuff is we get our macro from the news. And why does the news lie so much? 
I can't even point you on a map oh, because, where Cyprus is. Okay, because, why did Cyprus bring down oh, the U.S. Oh, stock right, market? Uh, there's a couple reasons. I don't even one know is, if that's how you pronounce one it. One is is that the nature of the news cycle. It's like, wow, we got to play this up. I remember, I remember when that story broke over the weekend, and uh, my friend Doug Castle going back and forth how important it is, and it's like. Well, it's only important because there was nothing else happening. I mean, we, exactly right. It, it, it was the main focus. There was nothing else. Happening. I mean, you know, the Labor Department co- report comes out. Pay attention. But it, it, all these other numbers. I mean, unless like the Federal Reserve is going to say, "Listen, we will raise rates if industrial production comes in X." Forget about it. It has to do with the daybook. And how did I know this? Because I was a daily reporter for a long time. And we would come in, and the, and the guy would say, "Listen, there's a dog story. There's a big dog show." Um, we got to do a pre for the dog show. We gotta do- I said, why? He goes, well, because the dog show takes place on June 17th. I said, I know that, but so what? He goes, on June 17th, we cover the dog show. On June 18th, we cover the up the parade. June 19th, we we do the Easter hunt. I, I, it's the way things work in the news business that's controlling your thinking. I don't want that anymore. I'm trying to get you to focus on companies and long-term themes, not the day book. I feel, though, that so much pain is caused. Like, the new, the, the new Cypress comes out. I can't even pronounce it or find it on the map. The stock market goes down 20%. I'm hurt. My neighbors are hurt. Like, how do we... I, I see that reading this right. book will, will help me avoid that, but not everyone's going to read this. No. How, it, how can you avoid this happening? I'm never saying take your eye off the ball. I am saying that you have long-term themes, and I identify seven long-term themes, which will be unaf- which will the companies will be unaffected by whatever that news story is, and the stocks can go down, down, down. And I'm urging you that to not sell them. I'm urging you to say, okay, well, look, I understand this stock is going down, but this is an opportunity. The book is filled with like, okay, listen, the government's going to do this. The government, you know, next time, even the audience, you know, I believe the debt ceiling will be a big issue. Okay, so when that happens, is that really going to affect the price of AFCE of Popeyes? No, but the stock's going to get hammered. Well, Use it. Use it. I do think this book is your most economy-independent book you've ever written. Yes, yes. Like, now you're talking and identifying factors of stocks that will go up or at least tread water regardless of the economy. So I think that's a great thing. So thank you for that. Well, and remember also, when I finished the book, I gave it to my publisher. We, we did multiple rewrites, multiple rewrites. And I said, you know, David, David Rosenthal, I make it so hard before you buy a stock that maybe you will never buy a stock. I make you do worldview. I make you do say, and he goes, well, maybe they shouldn't. Maybe that's right. Yeah. Well, it's a big psychology to buy a stock. <laughs> you said you have to hold through the downturn. Yes. I'm sure you get emails every day. You recommend a stock. It goes down one point. You're getting all the I, emails. I, 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 Bank of America, I, I've been liking it now for three points. Uh, someone bought it at $15.80. It went to $15.30. They want their money back. Like yeah. it's a vacuum cleaner. Yeah. I mean, give me a break. There's no difference between those prices. Stop it. So psychology Stop is it. important. Psychology is confessional. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> Thanks, Jim. Jim. Jim, Jim, you got to help me out with one problem I have. So you've written a ton of books. You've been doing your TV show now for nine years. You've been involved with TheStreet.com for 17 years. All the CEOs you write about are incredibly wealthy. You're very wealthy. Why do you why do you do it anymore? Okay, like first, how do you make yourself happy? First of all, I shouldn't. I mean, I'm. I, yeah, this I've is very stressful. What you're doing? Fifteen minutes earlier every single year now for five years. When you said Which the street, bad. seventeen years. You need to sleep. I know. Doctor Oz told me that he was in. I went to a football game with him. He said this is probably the dumbest thing I do is I sleep less and less each year. As you get older, you sleep more. Yeah, um, you brag that you only need three hours sleep a night. I know. It's a mistake. You're going to make mistake. yourself mentally ill if I, you do I, that. I, you're right. Um, but I am so driven. By this stuff. I, I'll, I'll tell you why. Earlier this fall, I went to ESPN. I was in the war room, they call it. 
I call it Valhalla. It was every single screen had a football game on. I saw these people driven by their job. I, I always question whether they would pay ESPN for it. This is my world. I work for ESPN. Now, people can say, oh, Jimmy's analogizing sports and business is much more serious. No, I am talking about passion. I just have the same passion you have. We love the process, the process of making money, the process of explaining it, the process of ideas. We love it. There was a CEO on the show the other day. He said, Jim, why do you still care? And I, I, my answer was like, well, what else am I supposed to do? I don't know how not to care. I had a job in 1977 where I used to, I used to have a drink during the day. That's how much I hated my job. I was covering homicide. And I had no passion for it whatsoever. And I said, I must find a career, some career that I am so passionate about that I would pay them. Now, I always do want to get paid these days because I have a lot of obligations. But I found it. And you know what? I have the same passion to the guys. There's a guy called the Elias Bureau. I don't know if you know them. They're the Hurt Brothers, H-I-R-G-T. And they do all the stats. Oh, man, when men are second and third in the seventh inning of the third game of the World Series, 65% of the time, the guy has walked. And I think, whoever, who is that? Well, I happen to know the Hurt Brothers. And there are people who, like, that stat, they live for. I live for the stat. I live for the, the CEO. I live for the stock price. And that's what I wrote this book about. This is a book about why a stock does what it does. And that's all I've ever tried to figure out now for 35 years. And, and you've, got, you've got 35 years worth of stories in here. So let me ask you, your advice for a young person who would like to figure out the same type of passion you have, what's your advice to that young person, 22 years old? Okay. Uh, well, 22-year-old, you, you got to go get all 18, that stuff. You 10 gotta, years no, old. First, get all that stuff out of your system. That's what I did. I got all the things I wanted to do out of my system so that I knew that I could look back and say, you know what, I always had that kind of good uh, life with the uh, women. Um, I always I, I, I went and pursued my passion. I was a sports writer. I did all these things. Now I can go and start making some money because I, all can, I can say, listen, I did all the other things in life that were fun. Now, find something that's fun for you. Now, a lot of people say nothing's fun. Okay. Find what is fun. You've got to. You've got to find something that if the bosses didn't know better, you would pay them for. Now, I was at Whole Foods the other day. There are lots of people, they want to get paid, to get paid $17 an hour. But they are passionate about food. And I am jealous of them. I mean, I got my own passion, but people are jealous. People are passionate about food. They're, they're passionate about having their own business. They're, they're, they're passionate about, about, about putting people on health care. I mean, you, you mentioned street, like 17 years street. Okay, here's what I've done for 17 years. I've given people health care. A company has given people health care. What a win. What a great mm -hmm. thing. If I, you know, look, what should be on my tombstone? Gave a lot of people health care. That's what I wanted to do with my passion. All right, great. That's good advice. Thank you. For more from James, check out the James Altucher Show on the Stansberry Radio Network at stansberryradio.com. And get yourself on the free insiders list today. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes. 
The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.